0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Father's House podcast. In this episode, Pastor Mike Cisneros touched on how to guard your value. That was a really good episode. Hope you guys enjoy. Have a great week, and if you want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. Some of you here last week, what a, good, what a good Sunday! I feel like this morning, I don't know how far I'll get into this, uh, but I feel like it's kind of a part two of last week. All right, and then next week, Chris Donald's coming, and I told him, He's like, Is there a certain area you want me to go at? I'm like, You know what, you just must pass the ball back to you. You just pray about it and bring whatever that you feel like the Lord wants us to know. Amen. It's going to be really good, I promise. You don't want to miss. Um, So let's pray. That should be good, right? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and mercy. God, I thank you that really it translates that it's pursuing us. Your goodness and mercy is pursuing me. So Father, I thank you that we sit here this morning and experiencing your goodness and mercy. God, I thank you that you are faithful. Lord, would you rewire our minds? Would you retrain our minds? Would you renew our minds, God, to think like heaven, to think like Jesus? God, we just say this morning with that verse that Paul wrote that we have the mind of Christ. God, we just bless you. We honor you. God, I pray that you would till the hearts of your people, give them ears to hear, give them eyes to see, and God, that you would use me to speak your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen Amen and amen. Lift out your hands. Would you just pray this prayer and say, Jesus, I receive anything that you have for me. Amen. That's a good prayer, right? So this past couple weeks, as I was talking about value and where we get our value from, you remember if you were here last week, if you missed it, go watch it. Um, you know, we get our value from Jesus, right? How many of you know, in a sense, I might be stretching this a little bit, but the most valuable thing in heaven was Jesus. And God spent Jesus on you. Isn't that amazing? He didn't preserve him, he actually spent him. He spent him and he spent his, he his blood literally for you. So, our value how many of you believe the blood of Jesus is valuable? Let's think about that. I want you to catch that this morning. How many believe the blood of Jesus is a valuable thing? He spent it on you. Come on, there should be more amens to that. Some of you are like, man, are you sure? No, I'm sure, I'm positive. And um, I'm actually talking to a a prophetic artist of mine that's going to get me a picture painted of this vision I had with me in second grade, this little boy with this ribbon on. So I'm going to put it in my office so I can see it all the time. Blake tried to convince me to get a tattoo, of course. Um, (laughs) I wouldn't wouldn't expect anything less than from him. (laughs) My man. I told him I'd get it on my face just to reach the Generation Z. <laughs> all the older people are not laughing at all. That's fine. Maybe you need to get free this morning too from your religiosity. I'm just kidding. I won't go too hard. But no, I won't get any tattoos on my face. Don't worry. Unless God tells me to, which you probably won't. <laughs> if you think God told you to, I don't, I don't, probably not. Um, so, anyways, this morning, I was praying this past week, just really just stop and coming to me is simply this. You know, how, what does it mean to be successful in life? What does it mean to do something in this life? What does it mean to be a Christian and do something that's significant? Right? What does it mean to be successful? And I believe we live in a world, even with my son being in high school, it's very clear that like they're teaching our kids that success is what? Maybe you do some honors classes when you get to high school. If you really want to be successful, take some AP classes. After that, you really want to be successful. you got to get a good grades in ACT and SAT, and maybe you can get a scholarship. And if you really want to be successful, you really want to be significant on the earth, then maybe you'll go to UK or even more than that. Maybe you'll go to Harvard. Maybe you'll go to MIT. After that, you'll get a really successful job. You'll climb the corporate ladder, and then you'll have a bunch of money. You'll start at 60000 get to 100000 get to 200000 whatever it may be. You get a home. You get a mortgage. You get a certain house, and maybe you just keep. Going up and up in money, and, and we're for too long, guys. We're letting the world tell us what success is. We're letting the, the the actually, in a sense, the pagan system tell us what kingdom success is. And we're saying, like, man, what does it mean to be successful? In a sense, as well, as a pastor, what does it mean? How do we know? How can we measure that the father's house is successful? Is it because our numbers are growing? Not necessarily. Hmm. Is it because more money is coming in? No. Hmm. I know it's quiet in here, so I believe you're listening. This isn't maybe the most amen message. But I believe God wants to shift... thinking this morning to what it means to actually be successful, because I believe all of us at the end of our life, we don't want to be like uh, Steve Jobs when he realized that he had everything the world had to offer, but he didn't have someone close to him. He didn't have family. didn't have love. didn't have connection. That's the guy who ran Apple, by the way, the one who created the iPhone. Imagine that. He's on his deathbed. He's dying. You know what he said? Something really amazing. He said something like, You can hire someone to drive for you, and you can hire someone to clean for you. You can hire someone to walk around with you all day, but you can't hire someone to carry the disease for you. Isn't that tough? And what I'm trying to say this morning, I want to paint a picture really quickly, on what it means to be successful as a Christian. Because for too long, guys, we have a we are we separate our Christian life and our Christian values for our work life and our work values. Or let me say it a different way. We have our Christian friends and our church friends, and then we got our other friends. You know, it's a good thing to leave an inheritance for our kids of finances. It's a godly thing. It's a biblical thing. But even more, we need to leave an inheritance of faith an inheritance of courage, an inheritance of 51 years. You know what I mean? Because I don't know about you guys, but I've been watching uh, the, the men, the, the titans that built America. You ever seen those shows? I love those shows. I'm officially a dad now, I guess. I'm on the History Channel. That's like all I watch. I don't watch any of these other stuff. Like, oh, you see Stranger Things? No. I'm watching History Channel. And I'm learning about these tycoons and these titans in our, in our the American history that they had all of this money, all of this fame, and a lot of things, but a lot of them, their kids turned on them, their families turned on them. It literally broke the businesses apart, and by the third generation, a lot of their wealth was destroyed. <sighs> Somebody say, not me. We got to twist and root our foundation this morning of what it means to be successful in the kingdom of God, and I want to take you to Matthew 25, verse 14 through 30. It's in the ESV. <clears throat> you have to forgive me; my voice is a little off. I've been having a runny nose and stuff all week. My eyes are anybody else allergies kicking your butt? Okay, makes sense. Matthew 14, to 30. Jesus is speaking, he's telling a parable, he's talking about a parable, which is just, he's telling a story to represent revelation or something in his kingdom. It's kind of a long, so I'm gonna read it really quickly, I'm gonna try to at least. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in the proportion to their abilities. That's very important. He then left on his trip, The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with the five more and said, master, you gave me five to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. I might be reading a different version than they are. Sorry, guys. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling the small amount, so now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops. You don't plant and gather crops. You, didn't, you don't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops, I didn't plant and gathered crops, and I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. This is important, verse 29, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. Let me say it again. To those who use well with what they're given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant to outer darkness, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That took a good turn, didn't it? So first off, this parable, if, can we work on the echo in here? Would it be better for me to grab the handheld? I don't know who's running sound right now. Who is running sound? Let me try, try it out real quick. All right, there we go. Okay, here we go. Pay attention. Sorry to disrupt you there. So anyways, this parable tells us first that the first thing this parable is telling us is that, hey, you play a part. What God is trying to get to you this morning is like, hey, you actually play a part in building my kingdom. Okay, so pay attention really quickly. He's saying, hey, you play a part in building this kingdom. In another sense, what God is trying to say to us, he's saying that it's not just a a wait around till the bus comes around to take us to heaven. We're not just, when you got saved, he didn't just give you a ticket to get on the bus when the bus shows up. Does that make sense? But he's saying like, hey, when you got saved, I've actually given you some things to do in this life. I've given you some responsibilities And I want you to take what I've given you, and I want you to use it for my glory. I've given you some talents. I've given you some giftings. I've given you a business. I've given you this family. I've given you these things, and I'm actually calling you to steward these things well for me, for my kingdom. Does that make sense? So he goes on to say, um, so anyways, so in a sense, what this parable is teaching us at first is that biblical success is first of all, learning that you have something, you have a, a role to play. You actually play a part in building this kingdom. And two, God is looking down to see how successful you are of just being a good steward with whatever you've been given. So he's, he's, not, measuring, he's not measuring the results of different people. He's measuring the effort of each person. Does that make sense? Did you notice he, he said that there is 10 talents to one, or five to one, two to one, and, and one to the other. And listen to what he said. He said, according to their ability. So what God is saying to us, and I know this might be tough for some of us to understand, but he's saying not everyone is created equal. He's saying, in a sense, there's my, if you can sing, there might be a girl who can sing better. You have a business with 20 employees, your friend might have a business with 100 employees. And the goal is not necessarily that you grow into that next position. The goal is that you're faithful and giving the same effort with what you have. Does that make sense? And he's saying, because you notice, and we know this because at the end of the parable, what happens? He gives them the same reward. What was his reward? Good job. Good job. Come into the joy of my life. Let's partner together. Let's celebrate together. You notice he didn't say the person with the least amount and say, no, you didn't make this 10 like the other guy. He said according to their abilities. So the reality is that God is defining what success is for you is that you are simply being faithful with what you have. So let's start at the very basic place. You ready? Faithful with your children. I want to be a children's minister. I want to do this. you got to start with your household. Am I being faithful with these few kids? Because I think that sometimes the enemy wants to come in, and, and that blue ribbon, right, that value, and he wants to start you placing your value and comparing yourself to what everyone else could be doing for God and thinking that you have to do that as well. And God's just saying, how about you just work, you start in your family, start in your household, start at your job. And then when I show up, when I come, I'm going to see if you're being faithful with what you've been given. I'm not going to ask you if you've been faithful with what somebody else has been given. I'm going to ask you if you've been faithful with what you've been given. You know, God is going to come. I I remember I walked in these doors when I first took over the church. This place was empty, like I was in here praying. I remember the Lord saying to me, Michael, I will take all of this away from you in a moment. You know he's a good father he wasn't being mean to me but you know sometimes you know you got to speak clearly to your children and the Lord was saying to me Michael I will take all this away from you in a moment if this starts to ruin your family and he said because I love Maddie and your kids more than this than you being the pastor of this church I was like ooh. Because the devil will want to come in and start making you think that you need to do these big things so you could be significant in God's kingdom. So you can be, man, I got people got to know my name. And when they know my name, you know, that they'll finally be somebody. No, maybe if you just keep cleaning the bathroom of the church. And when we get to heaven, he's going to say the same thing he says to me that he says to you. Well done, you did exactly what I said. Isn't that good? Because we have this misconstrued view of of what success is in church and what success is in our life. You know, I I might not die with a half a million dollars to give my children, but I'll have a legacy of faith, a legacy of courage, a legacy of obedience to God's voice that I can give them. Listen, you have something to give your kids. And I'm not saying don't go to work. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Say, oh, pastor said it. I ain't got to work. They don't need no money from me. That's not what I said at all. I'm just saying there's greater things on this earth that leave a legacy than finances. In this parable, he's showing us there's different abilities to each person and I'm measuring success and significance by you just simply being faithful with what you've been given. And I felt the Lord tell me, this might sound cheesy, I felt the Lord say he's an equal opportunity employer. That if you want more, there is a way to get more. But you know what the more is? Responsibility. Y'all think, listen, y'all think, a lot of people, sorry, I'm including myself in here. You think, what you think? Here you go. Climbing to the pyramid thinks it's easier. No. If you think, man, I I, I need to be great. I need significance. I need to be higher up in something. I need to lead the small group. I I need to do this. Well, go through the journey and go through the hoops. But listen, and you hit that boom. I need to do this. I feel like God's saying, hey, are you being faithful with what you have? And here's the good news, though. God provides you a way out by saying, hey, you know what? If you're faithful with what you have, more will be given. So if you're stuck being like, man, I, I, I want to be faithful to these kids, and I, I want to help other people's kids, be faithful with what you have, and more will be given. It's It's... I truly believe that I am in this position because I was simply just faithful with what, I was, what was in my hands. Like literally, just faithful with what I have. Faithful with a 700-square-foot house uh, with no AC. Can you be thankful with no AC? Let's just be real this morning. You know what I mean? And so there's this, the enemy wants us constantly to be trying to steal your significance and be like, oh, until you are like someone else or until you, ah, let's make it more spiritual for those charismatics. Uh, um, that you give accurate prophetic words all the time. And the more accurate prophetic words that you do, that's when you'll be significant. Have you ever been here where Julian Adams was around? My goodness. He was prophesying over my children, hasn't met my children. and was We're just eating dinner at Texas Roadhouse. And then he's like, basically like he's tired, and he's like, hey, before we leave, get out your phone, and I'll prophesy over all your kids. And I'm like, great. Next thing you know, he starts reading my kid's mail right in front of me, and I'm crying at Texas Roadhouse. And the enemy wants to come in in that moment and say, hey, Mike, you're not significant until you can do that. Isn't isn't it good to know that the devil is a liar? And anything that wants to come in to try to take away this ribbon of value, you got to protect that thing. you got to protect your value. You know why? Because Jesus spent his blood. he's, He's the one that gives you the value, and I believe he's jealous for it. He wants to say, no, I give you value. I paid for your shame. I paid for your guilt, and I'm the one that makes you significant. It's not about someone asking you to speak it's not about your business growing to 200 employees it's simply about being faithful with what you have just start with these simple things because listen some of you you're like i'm I'm just a stay-at-home mom that's the silliest thing i ever heard in my life just a stay at home mom i stayed home for my kids for six hours i'm like this is crazy (laughs) y'all think i'm playing i'm like i'm not playing i'm like this is a lot. This is a full-time job, and I'm trying to clean. I remember one time, Mercy, I was holding Redding. He was crying, and Mercy was going through my legs like a merry-go-round. And I'm at the stove. And this is before Elena came. Well, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll need to lead a freedom group, and that will make me significant. No, you need to do what God's asking you to do. Because when He shows up, He's not going to say you didn't lead a freedom group. He's going to simply say, well done, you were faithful to what I told you to do. I didn't ask you to lead a freedom group. Hmm. Isn't that good? I didn't ask you to be on the worship team. (laughs) I believe the worship team sometimes can attract the orphan heart like the most because it's the most seen place. You know what I mean? If I could just get on the stage, I'll be significant. No, 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 no. You know why I love giving Larry and like people like Juan opportunities? Because they don't want it. <laughs> if I called either one of them on the stage right now, they would literally be like, oh my gosh. Oh man. <laughs> and then Lord, the second thing I want to define really quickly what 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 then what what is greatness? How how can we be great? Because how many of you we want to be great in the kingdom, right? That's a good thing to come, to, to want to strive if it's in a sense after. You know, there's, I, I forgot what it was in the Old Testament. They was talking about a king, but he said that he this, this king was great in the eyes of the Lord. How many of you know, like, I, I want that to be me. Like, I want God to be like, yeah, Mike was great in the eyes of the Lord. When they do it at my, my uh, whatever it is, at the end of my life, obituary, I want to say Mike was great in the eyes of the Lord. How many of you know, it doesn't matter if it says Mike was great in Owensboro, Kentucky, Mike had a million views on YouTube. Oh, we had whatever it may be. I want to be great in his sight. And what does that look like? Just being faithful to whatever he's given me. You're saying, this God, this is my lane. I'm staying in my lane. And I'm telling you, I remember walking into the jail, and I used to get like, it would be like the busiest day for me going into the jail to do the jail service. And i start to hear that lie, like, man, there's only 10 guys in here. This is insignificant. Hmm. What a lie from hell, right? And I remember I walking into DC, DC, even if one guy shows up, I remember the Lord speaking to me and saying, this is greatness. I'm like, wow. Why? Because it's just being faithful for what I've called you to do. It's that simple. You're you're not, some of you need to hear this. You're not waiting to be more prophetic so you can be significant. You're not waiting till you can lay hands on the sick and they fully recover and people start getting healed left and right so you can be significant. You know what I love about Julian, and we're almost done. Julian Adams, I heard his wife, Katia, talk about him, and so she talks about how people come to her all the time wanting prophetic words because they just assume that like, they're this couple and apparently, you know, obviously it's rubbed off on her and she can prophesy like he can. And she's an incredible Bible teacher. She's an amazing preacher. And, and, and she's like, you know what? I, I, I'm not like Julian. And, and the, the measure of, of on Julian's life, she even says, I've never seen nothing like it. I don't, I don't carry it. And the enemy's voice will want to come in and say, you're not as great. God didn't ask you to carry it. I'll share this with you. Julian, man, he, he, he prophesied over my children. and He said something that really messed me all the way up. I was in tears. He was talking about Redding. You know, if y'all, some of you don't know, Redding has speech problems and he has two different types of therapy he goes to. He doesn't talk very well, doesn't understand a lot of things. And he says, Redding, this is crazy. This blew my mind. He said, Redding... It's going to be a prophet. And I'm like, what? I'm like, Redding doesn't even talk. Redding doesn't understand a lot of things. And he's like, it's going to be a prophet. And he said, he's going to carry the same grace of prophecy on my life, on his life. I'm like, whoa. You know how you know if, you can grow, if you're growing in maturity, you are just as excited when it's somebody else getting a gift than you. Right? Because the orphan heart wants to come in constantly and say, why not me? Why not me? Why not me? Come on, let's let's break that off this morning. And let's remember who the glory belongs to. Let's remember that who the if somebody is an evangelist and, and maybe, maybe, maybe listen, we're all called to make disciples. Amen? But some of you, it might be one person that you do coffee with and do life with, and they might get saved 10 years later. I don't know. But whatever it is, God is just saying, be faithful with what I've asked you to do. Then you might see someone else, and they've seen a 1,000 people come to Christ. And it doesn't mean it's any less significant. Think about this. God told Moses what? Go get the people. Go and set my people. We all know who Moses is, right? But what did he tell the people to do? They had to play a part in that as well. What was it? Be obedient to Moses. And they screwed that up. You know? God wasn't asking of those people to go to Pharaoh. He was asking of them to listen to Moses. Does that make sense? And so God is just looking down. What am I trying to say? Success looks like being faithful with what you've been given, the lane that you're called to be in, whatever it may be being faithful with that thing, being faithful with your kids. I'm telling you, there's nothing more great. I was sitting in my chair last night and, and my recliner, glory to God, my old blue stained recliner and, and my girls are in my lap and they're just joking around and I love telling Mercy, you're so beautiful and she'll, she's been doing this thing. And she said, Daddy, if she's in a good mood, Daddy, you're so handsome. I think her mom told her probably to say that. But, But I'm like sitting there thinking, man, that moment with my girls loving them and being a good father to me is way more significant than what I'm doing right now. And I got to make sure I keep my heart postured that way. And you got to make sure you keep your heart postured that way from trying to strive and perform into things God hasn't called you to do. Amen. Isn't that good? You can just release that. Could you stand? Prayer team, could you come? And prayer team, if you need to respond to this, respond to this yourself. Somebody on the worship team come play keys. Thank you, Lord. Here at the Father's house, we want our church to grow in quality, not just in quantity. And let me say this to people, maybe that are serving right now. Let me say this to a lot of you. Maybe some of you have come here in the past year or so, the last year and a half. And when you first got here, you were like excited, and God touched you, and God moved you, and you went to house groups, and you were excited about the Lord, whatever it is. And maybe you find yourself just getting disconnected again. Let me say to you, don't forget that the Lord called you to this place. Don't sh- don't drift away from connection and family and the things that you need. Get involved. Come to small group. Be here tonight at, at six o'clock, or be the one on Thursday night. If you miss freedom, it's okay. We're gonna do it again. Amen. Come and don't miss church. Be, be in the house of the Lord. God is moving. God is speaking. We want to, how many, I don't want to miss it. Amen. My wife, I love it. I'm, can I just be real this morning? I guess I'm always going to be, but can I just be real? I don't think my wife would be mad for me saying this. Hope not. Um. You know, there was a, there was a time like Maddie wasn't excited about coming to church. Just being real. She would probably tell you, I'm sure. It's not always been, a, our church hasn't always been where it is right now, let me tell you that. <laughs> and she went home not feeling well. She was here this morning, actually, and she's like not feeling well, so she went home, and she's texting me. It's like she can't stop texting me. She's watching the live stream. <laughs> she's like, man, I don't want to miss it. I want to miss being there. She said, because God is, it was not just a song. I don't want you all to know, it wasn't just a song we were singing earlier. God truly is up to something, and that something looks like freedom. It looks like salvation. It looks like healing. It looks like restoration it looks like restoring people it looks like setting people free it looks like reintroducing people to who he really is and I'm here to tell you if you just need to break off striving to be something besides yourself would you just lift your hands in this place come on there should be a lot more than that thank you for your honesty come on you can just say lift your hands and just say listen I I just want to be God what you've called me to be I don't want to be anything else I don't want to do anything else than what you've asked of me, God. I'm raising my hand with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you that, that at the end of the, the parable, at the end of the race per se, God, you're not measuring works, God. You're measuring effort. You're measuring stewardship, Father. And, Lord, I pray that we step into a moment right now that, God, you would help us all to be good stewards of what you have given us specifically, Father. That, God, you would help us to have joy over what you have given us, Lord. That we would take pride of what you have given us. That we would be excited about all that you've put us over. All the responsibilities that we have, Father. Knowing that they all came from you. So, Jesus, I just pray that you would heal hearts today. That, God, that you would, you would break off that striving and any type of orphan mentality that says, i got to be somebody else. i got to do a certain thing to be significant. I'm here to tell you that Jesus has given you his badge of honor. His blood has made you significant in the kingdom. Hmm. Lord, simply help us to just be obedient to what you are asking of us. Let the Father's house be what you have called it to be. God, we're not Bethel Church. We're not Upper Room. We're not any other place, Lord. Let us be what you've called us to be. And let us stay in line with what you've said we will be, Father. We are a healthy home for this city. We are a refreshing center for this region, God. We will be a hub for freedom and ministries for this region, Father. We love you, Jesus. Once again, with every eyes closed, if you need to give your life to Jesus, if you need to be saved, if you need to be born again, I want you to throw up your hand right now. I need Jesus. I need salvation. I just want to take another moment. And if you do, before you leave, and also they'll put on the screen, for those of you who maybe you already made that decision, There should be a thing on the screen shortly. If you could scan that to say, man, I got saved today. We really want to connect with you. We love you. And if you need to receive prayer for healing, just encouragement. If you need prayer for anything, our altars are open. We bless you guys. Let me pray for you. Father, I bless these people. Bless their families. Bless their children. Help us to stay in our lane. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, come on, can we put our hands together for Jesus this morning? Awesome. If you need prayer for anything at all, please come down. Our prayer team is awesome. They love you. They would love to partner with you. Have an awesome, awesome day. If you're signed up for Freedom, see you back here tonight. Also, small group here tonight as well as Six. Bless you guys.